Welcome to the Healthcare Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Failed hires, especially at an executive level, are time-consuming, expensive, and an overall pain. To learn more about what it takes to find the right executive for the right companies, we're sitting down with Julie Allen, Managing Director at Allen Partners. We're going to talk about common blind spots during the hiring process, the evolution of her firm, and what makes her approach in the industry especially unique. How are you doing, Julie? Great. Elmer, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for joining us today. No, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. So, Julie, I think a good first question would be, can you tell us a little bit about what Allen & Partners does exactly? Because I think you're in a super interesting niche. Sure. Well, the executive search practice is not... um... It's not a new offering and it's not a new concept, but the way that we do it um, is very different and very unique. And so in a quick summary, and then I can get deeper maybe in other areas, but we really bring clarity and confidence to our client CEOs, uh, bringing forward a rich talent pool, recruiting and presenting a few right fit candidates the first time so their teams and companies can win. And it's been our experience that Most CEOs spend too much time, money, and emotional expense recruiting. Uh, We oftentimes see 11th hour surprises or offers left in limbo uh, or a new hire that didn't work out. And without a balanced perspective, so much is lost in the translation when everyone tries to put their best foot forward in the interviewing process. So seeing a need, uh, we started this firm in 2003 to bridge the gap and give CEOs and their companies a better outcome. So clients who work with us have better outcomes, accepted offers, long-term successful hires, and thriving teams and cultures. So so with that said, Julie, what do you think is the most unique thing about the way Allen & Partners approaches this? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing uh, is that we invest time. We invest time with both the company and we invest a lot of time with the candidates. And I would say that's probably the biggest thing that I see is lacking um, in the hiring practices today. Um, When I got into the industry uh, back in 2001, started this firm in 2003, you know, I was really excited to kind of set sail um, from a perspective of having been part of, you know, really exhilarating companies and seeing how companies and teams thrive. And I also was part of companies... um, that really weren't exciting and that didn't have uh, you know, tremendous cohesive teams. And so I pursued the executive search industry as a way to help companies um, be able to hire better and have deeper, um, you know, deeper, better outcomes. And it starts with the process. But when I got into the search business, what I saw was um, oftentimes a factory-driven approach or a fee-driven mentality. And that was just so contrary to why I had joined, and it, it was so different from my my core values. And so I didn't care for the lack of personal approach. Um, there was a sense of quickly trying to get candidates, you know, in front of, peop- you know, people's clients, and there were just a lot of sloppy processes. So I saw a lot of activity, but I did not see a lot of successful outcomes. I saw people getting hired, but I saw them not working out for a long period of time. I saw people going through many interviews and seeing a lot of, you know, unaccepted offers. And so I knew instinctively that there needs to be a better process. And a big part of that is investing time 
Um, and so that there's diligence and there is discipline around a process. So our focus is to um, bring about better conversations. We invest the time after building a robust search and really aligning the needs of our clients with the chemistry of the candidate uh, and then presenting a few right fit candidates the first time. So the industry average is, is where a CEO might spend um, his time meeting 14 people before one person is hired. And with us, they will spend time ultimately meeting three people and one person is hired every time. And so many of our clients say that what they're really paying for is the precision and teasing out all of the intangibles that could otherwise waste time or derail a good process. So with us, the ability for them to have clarity and confidence in the process and in the outcome uh, and certainty of the hire leads to positive outcomes 100% of the time where all sides win. Yeah, that's interesting that you bring up precision, right? Because that's something I wouldn't have really thought about. And, and yeah, when you mention it, it seems like common sense, right? That that time is so precious, especially at that high of a level. So Julie, since the firm started in 2003, what do you think are some of the biggest points of evolution the firm has had? Outside of just regular growth, how do you think the firm has changed? Yeah, definitely. I think um, we've, we've evolved um, in a several you know, several different areas that I'll, I'll explain in a moment. But um, if it's okay, I just want to go back to kind of illustrating through a comment I made a few minutes ago about the time. You had commented about, you know, people's measure of that toward an intended outcome. And I'll just give an example. You know, one of my um, now clients, um, who wasn't a client at this particular time, spent six months courting um, two VP candidates from his network. And both candidates were water walkers in terms of their qualifications and clearly both would have excelled in the role. And the CEO was very excited that he had two solid candidates and both candidates were flattered to be even considered um, for the opportunity um, by him. So they went through the process, which included multiple rounds of interviews, board dinners, uh, a few house hunting trips, and both parties appeared interested and engaged. And yet time went on and things started to linger on the side of the candidates. And the CEO started to worry uh, as things were not progressing as he had expected. And ultimately, one candidate declined the offer and the process with the other candidate just stalled. It just completely collapsed. And so he was frustrated. He'd spent all this time. He let his board know that he had two solid candidates. His milestones were you know, near term to be complete. And he lost a lot of this and he was frustrated. And so, you know, you ask what, what went wrong in this? And after all, this was an incredible opportunity. And this particular CEO is, is a person that most people um, would really work hard to work with. He's an exceptional human being, an exceptional leader. So what could go wrong? But as the onion was peeled back, you could see that candidates were qualified and interested. And they need to be, absolutely. But in my view, that should be a basic expectation. The part where things oftentimes fall apart is on the commitment level. We believe to be a candidate, person needs to be qualified, interested, and committed. And in these two cases, neither one of them were fully committed. They wanted to be. Um, one really wanted to be um, you know, involved with this company, but his spouse was ultimately never willing 
to relocate. So it never really was a true opportunity from the beginning, although the CEO thought that it was. And in the other case, this particular candidate really wanted to be part of an emerging growth company. Her interests were sincere, but with two kids getting ready to go to college in four to five years, the cash flow versus the equity was a meaningful difference. And ultimately, upon putting pen to paper, just could not make that that change. And so I wondered why these conversations didn't take place. It's been my experience that these little realities start to emerge slowly over time, and assumptions are often made on both sides, and objectivity starts to fade, and true, honest, straightforward conversations are left for another time. And in our opinion, you know, so much of a good recruiting process is really meant to tease out all the intangibles and either work around the obstacles or kill a process if it wasn't meant to be. I believe that most of these situations can be prevented and avoidable. And sometimes living through situations like this cause CEOs to call us and say, I want an offensive plan from the beginning. I don't want to live through what I did before. And it oftentimes can heighten the need to have a third-party partner who can help you sort through all of that and create a better outcome. You had asked also kind of how we have evolved as a firm. And so seeing the, seeing the need with a lot of efforts um, not often going forward, whether it's people uh, working through their own efforts, and there oftentimes can be, you know, on one hand, it's, it's human nature to reach out to people that you've worked with before. Um, but in some cases, that doesn't always work out. It's a different culture. There's a different board. There's a different vision, different stage of development within the company. And so where one person worked out really well within one company with you doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to, you know, succeed in, in the new company with you. And so um, it's natural, though, that people are going to hire through their network. And, and so that makes sense. But whether it's that, where there's objectivity that oftentimes can be lost or diminished, or working with an executive search firm, um, hopefully that person is working on behalf of your best interest and um, working hard to create an outcome that's positive for both sides, versus a hurried approach where the focus is on quickly making the hire and the diligence is left for another time. It will never work out if that is the process. We have evolved in the sense that we, we offer, obviously, executive search and have for all of these years since 2003 when I started the firm. But we also work with um, people on a one-on-one -on -one basis. We really operate as a, a quiet coach behind the scenes. We get a lot of calls from people who may want to be part of a search that we're leading and we may not be working with them on, on something that may be a good fit, but we'll start to learn about what their aspirations are and what they're trying to achieve. And you start to hear about how their own processes might be uh, needing of some perfection or some work. And so what we will do is we will get to know them and discuss their background and aspirations and what's important to them. And then we will give them clarity to their ideals and help them connect the dots of their background well beyond a superficial understanding and help to create an offensive plan so that as they are out networking on their own um, in search of great opportunities, um, they can benefit from the real-world insights that we offer from our executive search experience and help them navigate their networking and interviewing processes successfully without spinning their wheels 
so they can have a better outcome, obtain great offers, and achieve the right fit with confidence. So uh, the evolution in the industry, I think, is not only for companies to hire the right leaders, so we partner with them for that effective outcome, but also one-on-one with with individual people um, so that they can have effective strategies uh, and succeed in their their own efforts. To expand on that, what do you think is the key to building and maintaining that relationship once the hire has already happened? So I think you're asking once somebody joins, um, how can that relationship continue to to stay strong? And I'll give an example maybe of a time um, when I was working with a CEO and I was working with him on a VP opportunity and um, one of his board members who was very active um, also was going to have a strong uh, you know, influence within the uh, within our, our working relationship and with this particular opportunity. And before I kind of get into the, the story here a little bit, I, I should say that I tend to be a big believer in, in context and how the right meaningful conversations really can change everything. And one of my favorite questions is, what is it that I don't know that if I knew would change my perspective on this? And so this is the example I was going to share. Um, when I was working with the CEO, um, I spent a full day at his company and invested a lot of time with his team. And I marveled at the way um, that he was with his team, his demeanor, his leadership. Um, he was so open and inviting and clearly, from my perspective, one of the best leaders that I've ever seen. And one of his board members um, who introduced us was also an investor. And this person was incredibly sharp well-respected and very well-intentioned, but didn't have operational experience. And that was a rub for the CEO, uh, as it oftentimes can be. And so my maintaining independent relationships with both of them, obviously because my client is the CEO, um, and I have to maintain that professional confidence. I learned, though, that the board member wanted him to be spending more time developing relationships with, with the strategic, potentially acquiring companies. And I knew that the CEO was already doing this and investing at least 20% of his time in those efforts. But since the issue hadn't been raised um, by this board member, he didn't know it was a concern for him and therefore didn't openly communicate his efforts and what he was doing in this regard. And there were two reasons for this. One, He felt it wasn't necessary to inform the board member. And two, he didn't think he would understand anyway since he didn't have operational experience. The problem was knowing this situation and having enough experience seeing how things play out when there's not communication or there's not contacts or there's not things that are offered. I knew that if these conversations did not eventually surface, there could be discussions about a CEO replacement. So... Again, knowing the confidential nature of my role and not wanting to overtly raise a flag, I gently encouraged them both to get together and suggested a few things that might be of value for them to discuss. So they did that. They met and over a three-hour dinner connected at a deeper level and learned what they didn't know. The board member became very satisfied with what the CEO was doing, and it established a heightened level of respect for each other. Well, the happy ending is that the CEO ultimately took the company through one of the highest exits in the medtech industry. 
Um, absolutely phenomenal outcome. They could have gone awire had they not connected at that more deeper level and willingly offered context that would have helped the other person had the perspective that they needed to have. So my advice, really as simple and basic as it is, is to not presume, remain objective, offer the context, communicate more than is expected, as this often changes the perspective and the outlook, and it can dramatically change um, whether it becomes a, a happy ending or a, or a sad ending. <laughs> right. Well, Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I appreciate your time immensely. Yes, thank you, Elmer. Appreciate your time as well. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content for your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have a good day.